Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast presented by Onyx Hunt. It is good to be back. I know it's been a while. We took a break for the summer, but now hunting season is here and we're back. And you can expect some more consistency with these episodes. For this first episode, we recently got back from an archery elk hunt in northern New Mexico. And I'm talking to a guy by the name of Garrett Gray. Garrett is a salt-of-the-earth guy. He's been the product manager at Primo's for several years now and Garrett got the opportunity to go after a bull elk for the first time with his bow so incredible story I'm not going to waste really any time we're just going to go right into it but one thing before I do that I need to tell you that capturing and predicting whitetail movements just got a lot easier thanks to Bushnell and Onyx Hunt simply add your Bushnell cell cams to your Onyx Hunt account and just like that you have all your images all your information and your location located in one single app. That's right, Bushnell cell cams are integrating with the Onyx Hunt app. So if you're running Bushnell cell cams this season, if you have an Onyx Hunt account, managing your trail cameras just got a whole lot easier. This is going to be a game changer. So be sure to check that out. Also, right now at primos.com, there's an exclusive offer on tall monopod trigger stick combos. If you've never gotten the opportunity to use a tall monopod trigger stick if you're trying to shoot out of a tree stand it is incredible so you can save twenty dollars when you purchase a tall monopod trigger stick with the tree stand attachment so check that out along with all the other deals at primos.com i'm gonna quit rambling let's get to the show last time you were here we're we're talking about a similar subject that we're going to be talking about today oh yeah today is october the 4th we are just past the month of September. Uh, September means a lot of different things to a lot of different people for the Primos team, a lot of folks that live out west, a lot of folks that travel out west. When they think September, they think of bugle and elk. September means something a lot different to me nowadays. <laughs> I'll tell you that. What an amazing month. So last year, let, let's let's do a quick recap, and just in case some folks listen to this yep. that hadn't listened to the first one. Um, Last year, we went elk hunting in New Mexico, the entire Primo's team, as we've done and Primo's has done forever. Uh, last year was your first exposure ever to elk hunting. Correct? Ever. Yeah. Ever. Yep. I uh, mean, uh, got invited from you guys and uh, the team and uh, been with Primo's a while and haven't done it and haven't, you know, sure. haven't had the opportunity and you guys yeah. invited me out there. And, and I think you said in our first planning meeting was, hey, when you get out there, just just watch. Yeah. You know, especially the first couple of hunts, just watch and learn. And I thought that was eye-opening. Soak it in. Yeah. Just soak it in. <laughs> uh, now, last year you did not have a tag. You were nope. you were tagging along, just, just soaking in the experience, calling some, just yep. a, a little bit of everything. Um, and I remember, this, and this is a key point to where we're going with this current story, is uh, you showed up with Jacob, Jacob Thomason, who mm-hmm. hunted last year. Uh, who did have a tag and y'all y'all didn't show up the same time as we did we'd already been hunting six or seven days or something oh like yeah that. yeah you guys been there for a while and so when y'all got there the elk had already what i refer to as broke loose oh yeah it was it was full bore it was peak rut it was they were they were doing it you know yep um and i remember that because like the first y'all showed up gotten ready in the first hunt that y'all went out on with with jacob hunting it was just absolutely bananas it was ridiculous um if i remember that hunt it was in that prairie mm. and uh they're kind of starting to come out 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we got on three bulls that afternoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they were just angry and yeah. so, so yelling little, and everything. A little bit of a, um, I guess, an explanation there. If y'all, so so the, the way we typically hunt these elk, they obviously they don't do the same thing everywhere. But uh, we're hunting this stretch of mountains. And in the mornings, we typically can catch them. They're, they're out in the prairie throughout the night. And we get up in the mountains, they're coming back into the mountains to bed up or whatever. However, in the afternoons, we kind of get on the edge of the mountains or on the edge of the prairie, and they're typically coming out to, you know, chase cows around, feed, whatever, what have you. So, yep. uh, yeah, to Garrett's point, it was a it was an afternoon hunt, and we were trying to catch these elk coming, basically pouring out of this drainage, and it was a, a larger herd of them, and we got into three different bulls. And I remember I was sitting there, I was filming Jacob, but I was like, man – which Jacob had elk hunted before, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, but you had not. And I was like, I bet Garrett is losing his mind right now. Oh, uh, it was unreal. So the first, the first instruction I got is Brad likes to, you know, watch the hunter and Slade's always back, you know, yep. trying to bring that elk in. So they mm-hmm. were like, make sure you can see both of us. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. And uh, thank the Lord they did because it got, it got squirrely there. I mean, they were. Yeah. They were signaling. We were running all over the place, mm. and it was intense. They've got that down to a science pretty near. They really do. You know, they, they joke and have a great time on the mountain, which is awesome. But, man, once they hear, hear that bugle, it's like stone yeah. cold. So the way that we normally, again, just kind of setting some groundwork up here, What the, the way that we normally set up, if, if we have, let's just say uh, Jacob was hunting and, mm. and I'm filming him, um, and so we have Jacob hunting and then we have callers. So back behind me, probably 40 to 50 yards would be brad 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 stays close enough where he can see uh us and potentially see the bull uh which to some people hearing this they'd be like that's a little bit too close you are correct that Mm -hmm. is why behind brad even further we have slade and in this case you yeah drop back even further and what brad's doing is he's kind of a a middleman between the hunters, the elk, and then the callers back, and he would turn around and he would signal to you and Slade, go left, go right, go further back, you know. Yep. And it's 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 a production. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all it's a it's a lot going on. I don't know if that, that's the perfect way to put it. I mean, he's just directing traffic essentially, right? Yeah. And uh, and those bulls, they're they're wild animals, so mm-hmm. they. They might stop for a while. They might rake a tree. Next thing you know, they're on a different path, and that hunter and you are set. Yeah. So then it's up to us. Yeah. So, you know, you got to go down. You got to go up. You got to go back further. Yeah. I mean, there's times where I'm in a spot, which we'll get to what happened this year. You know, I was in a spot, and, and he just told me, stop, stop. Yeah. You know, because we had another uh, Slade. Slade needed to call and, and I just need to quiet down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about directing that traffic. Yeah. It's, it really is a, it's a lot to especially figure out and take in the first time doing it. But I felt, cause I mean, y'all, y'all got to hunt for what, three, four days, something like that. I think he killed on the third morning last year. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you got some, you got some time in oh, and, yeah. then, and then you got to it, but anyhow, I left there thinking and then obviously you and i talked about it on here uh that you had gotten a pretty good uh initiation so to speak oh yeah into the world of elk and so tell me this because some of this i am in the dark about when did you find out that you were going to get a tag this year um couple months prior okay uh they brought me in and was like hey um you know you're going to go hunt. And I was like, well, 
awesome, man. I yeah, get to yeah, go yeah. call. Yeah. I, that's what they say. You're going on the trip. You know, right, you're going right, to camp. Right. And I was like, that's awesome. I love calling, you know, I'm so yeah. jacked up. And they're like, now, um, we got to get you set up, you know, with, with the new phase four Matthews. And I was like, you're kidding me. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about <laughs> it now. And they're like, no, you're, you're first up. Yeah. And I was just like, I was, I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm flabbergasted now talking about it. I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my uh, Lord. So, Here we go. Let's so go. What was your, uh, how, how soon did you start practicing? Uh, immediately. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a bow, you know, so I was shooting and, and I was fortunate enough. My, my family and I went antelope hunting earlier this year yep. for a yep. personal trip. So, you know, and just being in this company, everyone shoots whenever we can. We all have our bows here mm -hmm. and we're shooting, practicing. Um, but you know, immediately once I got that bow, we got that thing set up and running and, you know, yeah. we were out there. We we're yeah. go time. Yeah. So I remember like the first year that they told me I was going to get an archery tag. I practiced. I remember Brad was like, Lake, you're going to need new strings if you don't quit shooting so much. Like I was just, <laughs> you know, cause I was, yeah. I was like, man, I got to be ready, you know? Yeah. Um, so, okay. You get, you get your tag, you get your bow, you practiced, you're ready. Mm. Uh, so we, you know, we we ride out there. This time we all traveled out there together. You got there the same time all of yep. us did. Yep. Um, what were the what what were the nerves like? Looking back on it now, what were the first morning like? Not not you talking to us face forward. Like what was going on inside your head? Inside we, my head? Because I can well I can take from yeah. from my point of view. I mm -hmm. was I and I told Brad I was like Brad I was like Garrett seems calm he seems he seems good he seems seems confident you know I wasn't worried yeah know? inside my head the one of the first thoughts and I remember this is like man did I look at enough elk vital pictures to make sure <laughs> I know where to put this arrow because I mean ever since I found out I was just studying the anatomy mm -hmm. and not. I mean, I, I knew where it was, and everyone says how much bigger it is. And, yeah. you know, we want to shoot broadside, double long. But still, I mean, first nerves, obviously on video, going with the guys that I have seen the year before. I mean, you guys are assassins out there. Your execution is, is phenomenal. Um, you don't want to be that guy to screw it up. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to make sure I was prepared going into it as best as I could be. Um, so the nerves that morning of – even though I felt very prepared, I was still nervous. They're still nervous. You know, I yeah. mean, the night before I was talking, we were talking, and and I was like, hey, you know, I coach me, you know. Yeah, yeah. Tell me if I'm in the wrong spot. Tell me if I'm, you know, doing something mm -hmm. wrong or, you know, I'm, I'm definitely open to that. And, you know, we had that communication, and you were like, I got you. You know, we'll get you set up right So and all that. So I felt a little bit better after having that conversation the night yeah. before. Yeah. All that said, bow in my hand, getting in the passenger seat next to Brad. Here we go. There's nerves. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> it's like I told you, I remember you say, because uh, there was something after the fact, or somebody said it. They said something about, um, they said something, they said, I'm ready to be, this is not going to be a direct quote. I can't even remember who said it, but it was mm. something along the lines of, I'm ready to have killed as many elk as Brad has, so I don't have to be nervous anymore. I don't have to feel the pressure. And I was like, that never goes away. That like, never does. I'm just telling you. I was like, you may like I'm you you may figure out how to manage it better. It may seem minimized. But I mm -hmm. think like the day where there's zero pressure or zero nerves, I don't think that happens. Yeah. Uh, I can't I can't see a, a day where it ever would. I mean, even with when it comes to whitetail with me, I mean, a doe comes in and I know I'm gonna shoot, I'm 
You yeah. know, I got the, yeah. the little shakes, well, not that, as much, but I mean, you get an elk. Ah, man, well, it's, it's just a different story. It's like, I mean, for example, out of that trip, Brad has probably shot more elk than anyone there. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, and I've, like I said, this was my, it was, it was wild to think about, but this was my 10th elk season mm-hmm. with Primo's. My, and then by, but by default, that was also my 10th elk season hunt with Brad. I've been able to film Brad elk hunting a lot. Yeah. And I can tell you on this very trip, when it was turned to hunting, he made a reference to the yeah. pressure. Like he was like, he's like, he's like, man, I like just calling when I'm calling. I don't have to worry about anything. You well, know, it's, it, it shocked me when, um, cause after I killed, it was either Slade or Brad. Yeah, and it shocked me that both of them were like, "No, you go. No, you go. No, you yeah. go." Well, Brad ended up losing, yeah. and he was up next, and and it shocked me seeing just the nerves, and because mm-hmm. he has been hunting so much, and I'm like, man, even a guy as grizzled as, as him, he's he still feels that he still feels that passion enough mm-hmm. to get nerves, and uh, it's actually kind of a joy to see, you know, someone that has been doing it so long that still has that passion yeah now i mean it's like obviously i haven't done it nearly as much as brad has but i can tell you from my personal experiences the nerves don't go away yeah <laughs> they, yeah they, and let's hope they don't yeah I, I mean it's kind of part of it right yeah. and i was like because that's what we were talking but we were like the day that as like, I, I don't think it's physically mentally possible for me to draw back on an elk and just be nonchalant about it i don't think it's possible I don't see how it is either. I mean, it, it's kind of it's kind of part of it. It is. Um, it is. So anyway, okay. First morning, we're we're headed out. There's there's some nerves there. Mm. Obviously, why wouldn't there be? Yep. Um, so where we headed out, just kind of lay this out. The first morning is this, this is a stretch of mountains and a place that we've we've hunted a lot. Um, yep. This is the same place that you called at last year. If y'all haven't caught on to that already, same same place in in uh, New Mexico. And uh, we made we made a hunt and, and one it's it's a pretty it's a hunt that we've made a lot and basically what we do like we talked about we go out late in the morning these elk are, are leaving the prairie they're going back up the mountain they bed down and we have had so much success uh, being able to call in and kill these elk once they're bedded down um, mm-hmm. sometimes when they're traveling up too but something about bedded elk we just it's it's uh, they sneak just in and get close sneak and, in it's almost like a territorial reaction when yep. you start bugling or raking a tree whatever so anyhow we we get to the spot and we start working our way up a mountain it was it was a little bit tricky uh precursor with the wind i mean you remember uh, that first morning yeah. that so that first morning i mean we didn't make it I, we didn't make it a quarter mile up mm-hmm. this mountain and me and brad wind. and slade are like what is this wind doing yeah because one thing that we have been honestly spoiled on at this place is one of the main things that we love about this place is it typically has a very consistent wind and yeah. the, and and that's what the weather app was calling for and it was doing that when we started hiking but we mm-hmm. don't i'm seriously a quarter mile or less up the mountain we're like what's that wind doing i, yeah, feel, exactly. I feel, feel it hitting me in the back of the neck which is not what you want no that. no yeah. <laughs> obviously uh the weather was absolutely nuts on this that, trip. That was a theme of the trip. I mean, the first three days, you had hail. Mm-hmm. You had, you know, sleet, rain. The wind said it was going to do one thing. Like you said, we walk quarter mile, half mile. Next thing you know, it's it's behind us. And we're like, what are we doing And ha- And had an elk bark at us. Yeah. Because, because we had seen, uh, I can't remember if we saw something or heard a bugle, but we were making our way up towards where we thought an elk would be. We feel that wind switch, and it yeah. wasn't 
seconds later we hear elk go to bark and we're like well that one's done yep and yeah, it, we're in trouble now yeah and this is like this is the first hunt we're like well good start garrett yeah, <laughs> yep welcome to the show you know you you hit it during the peak last year now you're first yeah you know just different different type of hunting for sure yeah yep and there's no doubt um luckily though so that first morning did turn out to be eventful oh yeah um we heard another bugle uh the wind switched back kind of right and the, you know this bull if we're if we're um probably i know we were we would have had to to where this bull was he was across the mountain and then across yep. a, kind of a small canyon and then on the ridge on another side Yeah, and we almost came back down on him yeah. to get the wind you know back where it needed to be to where he was bugling on us mm-hmm. uh and we were kind of we just you know kind of referring to brad and brad's wealth of knowledge over what we know and just he, he had called to this bull some after we heard him bugle and just by his responses he was like we can definitely make up some ground on this one mm-hmm. so we started you know just kind of slowly hiking that direction throwing a call out every now and then not cow calling mind you we were Correct. just bugling and he would bugle back and we get to a spot and i think brad saw him yeah yeah glassed him across yeah. that ridge and was like i think this is worth making a setup mm-hmm. um and so you and i get set up Brad and Slade drop back, start and Justin drop back, start calling and and everything, uh, and then it there was, I can't remember how quick, but we found out real quick it was more than one bull because there was a yeah 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 it was um it was two smaller bulls at first what we saw, uh, one that he glassed and um, but then you guys someone heard a third, and that's when we were like all right well first setup you know let's let's give it a go yeah maybe they're bigger than what we think mm-hmm. and uh that's when you know stone cold eyes came in with slad and bray and slad and slad and bray slade and brad and and they they headed back and they went to work yeah they did um and then i remember this was probably this was probably uh that first morning encounter was probably the other than when you got to shoot that was probably the most fun i had hunting with you yeah oh man <laughs> thank the lord so so what we we set up you know uh lakes behind me and they're calling and next thing you know we can start seeing them they're they're coming they're coming down that that ridge through that little you know it's like prairie, a little meadow yeah little meadow de- deal there and they they start coming up and and uh you saw the first one and and you you told me you were like garrett just let this one, you know, let these, they're small. Don't even yeah. draw. Like, yeah. let's just, let's just enjoy this moment. You know, your first encounter this close. Yeah. And I mean, they popped up when they popped up to where we were 15 yards, maybe, maybe. And I mean, that one ripped a bugle right in my face <laughs> and, uh, and it was, it was just spectacular. That was, uh, in my mind, what I was seeing, um, it, it wasn't that I'd like, it was like it was our first setup of the entire trip. That's right. Uh, if that would have been an old bull, I would have been like, "Get ready and shoot." Yeah. But yeah. we were we were fortunate when they crossed that little meadow. Uh, that that one, I saw a couple different things that told me that they were probably young before I even was able to see them up close. Uh, one, they were there was two. We knew there was three, mm-hmm. and two of them were coming across together. Yep. That's indicator number one. Those mature bulls, typically, you're not going to see them running in packs like that. Yeah. Second thing is you saw – I think you could see them doing this too just yeah. with their naked eye. 
they get to coming across that meadow and they start it's like they're hopping and yeah kicking around and it's it i mean just like little cows exactly you know um it's almost like if 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 you've whitetail hunted a lot you'll and if you if you've been sitting in a food plot sometimes you'll see a fawn it's like they it's like it's almost like you ever seen a a dog get the zooms exactly it kind of looks like that Mm -hmm. and it's like we're calling and these two bulls are coming they start hopping and kicking around and that is textbook young bull behavior yeah and i'm like these are probably going to be young yeah and so i was looking at it as like best case scenario because again i i had been in your shoes before Mm -hmm. and even when i was filming the difference between being behind a camera and being behind a bow is so vastly different. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, we're going to take this opportunity to let Garrett get somewhat of a, okay, this is what they look like when they come by at top pin and I'm holding the bow because it's different. It's different. Yeah. And so they popped up and came. I mean, the footage is awesome. I mean, they walked right. I mean, had they been an older bull, you could have oh yeah smoked one of them. Yeah, yeah. They, they both walked right past us. Yeah. Until they got our wind and then they kind of spooked a little bit on yeah us. they kind of ran off and then brad heard you know they were far enough back and it, where we were it was thick so brad couldn't see as good he heard the, the elk running and he didn't know if we had shot he didn't know what happened so he starts drifting back up to where he can see me and we're kind of like kind of trying to communicate with one another but still whispering and all of a sudden that third bull rips a bugle and we're like wait a minute yeah this one could be you know we don't know if this one's young or not and so that third one starts coming I couldn't. The third one, I can't. I don't remember seeing him cross the meadow. Um, I saw because he kind of came at a different angle. Yeah, he like angled off the ridge. And then I saw him for maybe three seconds, one one side of him. Yeah. And then he, you know, then he started raking below us for a while. That was cool. Yeah. That was so like we knew. I knew he was coming because I could hear his bugles, but I couldn't see him. Like Garrett was saying, he took a slightly different route, and then. I started hearing something because, like, basically, if you're not – we're on two adjacent ridges. These elk are coming down a ridge, crossing a small meadow, then they have to come up the ridge that we're on to get to us. And I knew he was close because, I mean, that bugle was was yeah. loud. Yeah, you can feel uh, it. Less than 100 yards. Oh, yeah. You know? And then I'm hearing something. Finally, it hits me. It was, like, again, first hunt of the year, just knocking the rust off a little bit. I'm like, he's raking a tree. I know what that sound is. Yeah. Uh, and he did that for – I don't know. It seemed like minutes? seemed like it. You know how it is when you get in one of those situations. Yeah. It, it could have been five. I know it yeah. felt like twenty minutes. Enough where I had to stretch my legs out a couple that times. Is, yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, like he was down there, and I mean, you could hear him just thrashing this tree. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to like lean down and signal to Brad my best like sign language for elk raking tree. <laughs> you know, which I think he understood. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he started raking a tree. Where More he like was. you were in a rave at that it, point, but. <laughs> Uh, but eventually he did break and come up there. Yeah. He came up and, uh, and right when, right when he, he started cresting cause you were behind me, you were above me. You were saying, shooter, shooter, shooter. I was like, okay. So then I see him. And again, rookie mistake number one for me, which I'm totally cool with the minute you said shooter, I should have known you have eyes on him, so I should have drawn. Mm-hmm. So what he did is he came up, and then now I'm stuck. I'm not drawn. There's one set of trees, and then I have a gap, another set of trees, a gap. I said, okay, so once his head's behind that tree, I'm going to draw. 
He takes one step. His head's there. I draw busted. Busted. Busted looked right at me. Mm. I'm sitting there. I draw. And what I came to find out later from you and Brad and, and Slade and everyone is it's still early enough where last time I saw this last year, that if that bull's committing the way he did, he's running past us. Yeah. But it's early season or earlier, yeah. you know, the rut's not kicking. He's getting to that ridge, and he's going to be cautious. He's looking. He's looking mm-hmm. before he commits. So he busts me a draw. Next thing you know, you know, for me it felt like five minutes. It was probably 30 seconds. You know, he just looking right at me. Oh, he gave you a stare down for a while. He gave me – he's right at me. And uh, He and stood I'm, there long enough. Honestly, he stood there long enough that the thought crossed my mind. I'm like, he may give up on this. Like, there, I was like – there's a chance because I've seen them not often, mm-hmm. but I've seen them. Sometimes they catch something and then they just keep walking. But like yeah. you said, I think it was way he wasn't rut. He wasn't lovesick enough to do yeah. that yet. Yeah, he's way he's still too in tune. Yep. So after that, I mean, we we were at a standstill for a while, and he just turned around and went back. And uh, next thing you know, he raked that tree for a little bit longer too. I think yeah, afterwards he, he bugled again going yeah, away. Yep. And uh, and at that point, we knew that we were, you know, that that oh. was my first encounter. That one was done. Which yeah. uh, I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. But rookie mistake number one. It's uh, man. I'll tell you what. You guys make this look so much easier than it is on camera. The, the it's not. It's not. And it like, is not. I've had. I've screwed up so many times i yeah. think the only reason i've ever had any success elk hunting is because i've screwed up enough times to figure out the the big yeah. the biggest advantage i had i think when it comes to that is for example like let's take you last year mm-hmm. you were calling yeah you're dropped back yeah you have an idea of the concept the process but you're you're not up there in, yeah in the hot seat so when i was younger doing this and i was filming i was with I was I I was with a lot of shooters yeah. when elk got shot, and I I remember because I so one of the first the first elk I ever filmed Brad shoot actually, uh, it turned into a joke because um, it was a similar deal. This elk was coming across this open, and Brad had one spot where he could draw back, and so the the and I'm I'm in the viewfinder, and I'm you know very new to elk hunting. I have no concept of how far this elk actually is. I think mm-hmm. he was I think he was like fifty yards and, and facing us. But I just know I'm I'm in the viewfinder and in my peripheral vision I see and hear Brad draw back and I start freaking out. I'm like, No, 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 I can't you know, like my, the footage is not good. Wait, wait, wait. And it turned into Brad after Brad told me, he was like, I was not planning to shoot the elk right there that was the spot that i had to draw back he was after that spot he's going to be in the wide open i yeah. wasn't going to have an opportunity and so i learned that super early on brad yeah. told me you draw back the first chance you get absolutely because it's that's that's like the biggest the biggest movement you're going to have to make as a yeah. bow hunter is getting that that bow drawn back and uh like i said i mean Rookie mistake, maybe. It's a learning experience. Learning experience is probably yeah. a better way to put it. Because I mean, I don't regret any of it. I mean, yeah. unless until I had that, you know, experience, then I didn't I didn't know, yeah. you know. and yeah. But looking back on it, it's like, all right, I saw his tips before I saw him. Right. 
and I could have had a good two seconds, which is more than enough mm-hmm. time to draw. Yeah, that's what even led me to like <clears throat> I've I've talked about it on here before, and I started when I would be getting ready for elk season. I would practice holding my bow back. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I would build up to where I could hold it back for two minutes. Yep, so I, I practiced that. I did not practice that enough. Mm, yeah. I, I mean, I did practice it, but definitely not near yeah. as enough. Yeah. Enough as, as it should be. I mean, because you're you're going to be holding. Yeah. There's there's some situations where I've seen it happen where the elk's on a steady walk. You have a, you know, it's it, mm. it all depends. It's so dependent on the setup. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but, like, that one, case in point, that elk where he's as soon as he tops that ridge you're in the open i mean or i mean we had cover but open yeah. as far as like trying to get a bow drawn back and Especially so it's like 15 yards right and it was still the wind you yep. know it was fairly still even the wind when it was swirling it was fairly calm you know it wasn't you didn't have a lot of noise so even the sound of the drawback was was a risk that day mm. so yeah the, the best shot you had at getting drawn back without getting caught was when you saw those antlers pop up but yeah learning experience absolutely those are those are mistakes you're supposed to make yeah it's a, i mean they, i mean for a first sit I, I couldn't have asked for a better one counting that bull that was the third bull you'd ever had in bow range you know yeah so yeah learning absolutely uh what happened after that well that afternoon um is the first bout of sleet that we ran into wasn't it or is that thunderstorm that was, day no, no no you're right that was the hailstorm day hailstorm day Hellstorm afternoon, I should afternoon. call it. Afternoon, yeah. yeah. And uh, we got in zero elk. Zero elk, zero anything. Mm-hmm. Long, wet, cold afternoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I'm, fun. I mean, that's when that right there, that afternoon is why um, it is where memories I, are made, you know, because you're not seeing anything you're not hearing anything Mm. you're all cold you're wet but you're still out there together and and you guys all have a great relationship i mean we all do now yeah uh i mean we did before i even went but i mean just the jokes the the camaraderie that's where you know this afternoon's like that that make these hunts memorable well that and then another thing that that i appreciated is it it, i remember you telling me it was some some point in that first day is you were like, man, this is way different than last year. Yeah. And then you said something, you were like, I don't know if I could call in these kind of conditions. I don't know if I, you know, if I would, yeah. because, and what that does two things. Again, it's learning mm-hmm. Two, It's like, it makes you, it, it makes you come to really appreciate those short, short. I mean, you maybe have, I, if I had to guess, I think you maybe have two to three days where they're just acting crazy like that yeah other than those two to three days it's build up and then it's tail off i mean yeah. and, and and you can uh, you can absolutely call in and kill an elk in those other days absolutely you can but yeah, it's just more calculated yeah that's what it's, it's more more cerebral experience on learning how to talk to those bulls mm-hmm. and and figuring out what they're saying what mood they're in how you're going to get them to come to you or pass that hunter. Whereas last year, I mean, toward the third hunt, I was fine called because I was like, all right, I'll just cow call. Let me just make an elk sound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's that bull, the same one, the one that the one that the drawback on bull. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what Brad did to get that one to finally come up? Oh, well, he started raking, I think, well, right? He started, and then he moved. Exactly. So him and Slade and Justin were all in one spot. 
Brad started tailing off, and that's this is what led. I remember it now. This is what led to that conversation. Brad tailed off from Slade and Justin, mm. and he said, "He said my goal was to try to sound because they had all been together calling, mm. bugling, cow calling, raking all that stuff." Brad leaves off. He's the same distance away from the bull, but he's moving, you know, further side to side, you know. Yeah. And he kind of tails off, and he said, I was trying to sound like a cow that had split off from that group of elk that we were sounding like. To try and get him to come in and steal and, one. And that's what made him do it. Yeah. That's what made him come and look. And yeah. that's what you were. That's when you said you were like, man, this is completely different. You didn't have to think into that much detail. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I think the best word is just calculated and, and just getting that experience and actually going out there and doing it. You're not going to know that. Mm-mm. I mean it's all about just going and doing it you don't know what you don't know you don't know what you don't know <laughs> my quote of the fa- trip it's a favorite quote from you yeah <laughs> it's yep. true you don't know what you don't know yeah and, and so don't be ashamed of that yeah i mean ask the questions i mean i mean i probably asked too many questions this trip but i just i have fallen in love with it last year and now this year it's it's just ingrained in my heart and soul mm-hmm. now i just yeah. wanted to ask all the questions right like even slade and brad i was like all right why'd you why'd you bugle like that yeah well, that was the locator i wanted to sound like a like a jj like a junior like a little junior bull like yeah. a little junior bull yeah. and that's my little locator junior bull because we're in this this bowl right now right and it's mm-hmm. and it's really died down so i don't want to hit them hard right now yeah or it's not picking up toward the end of the hunts you know, it was, you know, growling and getting after them because yeah. they started picking up. Right. You know, so I was, don't be afraid to ask questions, guys. No. I mean, that's what you're, especially yeah. when you get, I mean, like, Brad's been elk hunting 40 years. Slade's been doing it 20 years. You know, I yeah. mean, it's like there's just, there's ample amounts of experience yeah. in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, the, and you have to ask those questions because, again, it's like one of those things like Brad been doing it so long, like, they'll just start going yeah just doing what's second nature to them and it's like hey take a second explain what you're doing to me here i'm trying to learn that way next time when you're doing that i now know what you're doing and i know what my job is right 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 so yeah yeah um okay so all of day one hellstorm i remember some of this all runs together for me let me see i i pulled up i tracked all my hunts on onyx oh so why don't you uh why don't you talk a little bit, and I'll try and get over there and see what our morning hunt in so was I, for day two. I remember day two. Did we go to the volcano, or did we go to the drain? I know both of both things happened before the day. Before, so let's see. Before the really good volcano day. was day three all day because that's an all day hunt. Okay, so day two, so do we hit the drain? Day the, two was the drain was afternoon. Okay, and then you got all your day track. two morning. You would know this ridge or this canyon Macklemore. better than me. We went to Macklemore. Macklemore. Yep, yep, yep. So that is when Macklemore Canyon. We went in there. And uh, got on a single bull, if I remember right. That's the bull that we thought, okay. On the way out. <laughs> so so t- two things. No, no, no. Th- no, on the way in that morning, too. Okay, yeah. We, that's the bull that, like, was coming on a string. And I'm telling – like, I was telling you, he was like, Garrett, get ready. This guy's coming. And okay. you remember he, like, just ran across that opening then went back up the mountain? Oh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like, what is what – is, what? That is right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we were up that drain, 
and uh, heard him. He was pretty far off. Yeah. And then so we walked, what, maybe another two, 300 yards, and Slade bugled again, and he was close. Yeah. And then so we, we set up, and the boys bounced back. And, I mean, he kept coming and coming and coming. It would have been awesome because that little drain wasn't more than 40 yards across. Yeah. So it would have been great and, for, you know, a first-timer first only having to shoot out to 40. You did have lesson number two in there, too, because you remember the bull was coming, and you turned around, and you looked at me, and you said, how do I get drawn back early when he's in the open? That's right. <laughs> that's right. And that's when you were like, all right, when, when they're in the open like this, the best thing to do is literally face them, draw back, because that way you're not showing, you you're, know, you're, width. Yeah. You're drawn straight back, and then you're literally pointing your bow, and you're moving with him. You're tracking him. You're tracking him. Two, two th yeah, that and then shade. Shade, and shade, shade, shade. Shade, shade. Ten times over shade. Yeah. Keeps you hidden. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was like one of those things, like we were making our way towards this faint bugle, and all of a sudden he rips one. We're like, oh, gosh, bull, you set mm -hmm. up. And then I, th I, the only thing – so what happens is from Garrett and I's point of view – this bull's coming. The bugles are getting louder. They're getting more intense. And I'm like, we're going to see him any second. All of a sudden, I see this bull trot out into the open, probably 150 yards, and he never stops. He just, <laughs> like, trots through and then goes right back up where he came yep. from. Supposed to make a right, kept going straight. The only thing <laughs> that we could figure is, one, again, they're not, they, they're not like – Again, full on rutting yet. Yeah, and I think it was just open enough through there that he wanted to see more. Yeah, like he wanted to see some cows or or something. Yeah, and he just kind of like slowed down and looked, and then just went back to. Do you it. think he might have had cows up there with him that I, we just didn't hear or I see? Do. I do. Yeah, I do because I even if he wasn't like, you know, fully rutting yet, I think if he was by himself, he would have investigated a little bit further. Yeah. But he, I think he just kind of did a quick pass and was like, meh, and then just went back. Because, yeah. again, I mean, you got th you think about how large an elk is. Think about how quick he covered that ground. Mm -hmm. Like him him going to see what's down there and then just go right back to his cows, that's like us going to the break room and seeing if the coffee's ready. I mean, it's yeah. just like pop in, pop back. He's like, eh. It wasn't like a big effort for him to do that, you know. Yeah, that was it was weird, man. It was I was jacked up and he just kept going, but yeah. And then we didn't. Uh, that was one we didn't hear from him again. Mm -mm. No, he Once was, he was out, he was out. No bugle. He didn't want nothing to do with whatever we mm -hmm. were that he knew. Uh, then later on that morning, later on that morning's probably the most frustrated I got during the entire time you were hunting. Yeah. We have different perspectives on that, but I understand your side. <laughs> we have very different perspectives. Uh, so <laughs> we have been, we have, since I've been here and since 4 2 we've been accused of a lot of things. We've been uh, accused of hunting, like we've had guys say that uh, you don't ever show the mistakes you make or, or whatever, whatever. Like I'm about to tell you, like we flubbed a situation <laughs> real bad. Really bad. Real bad. Yeah. Uh, I think if I like, I'm trying, I'm piecing this together, but so I'll start. Yeah, How about yeah, that? Yeah, go ahead. So go we're ahead. walking out mm -hmm. and we didn't hear anything else the rest of that morning. It's, and then hiked a pretty good bit. Like we covered pretty, bit. yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're coming back out and we're in the middle of this meadow and we had a two or three drains come in kind of in the center there and, and we're stopping there. There's a bunch of trees in the center of this thing. So we're stopping there and talking about the hunt and. You know, we're always testing calls. Mm -hmm. So the guys had calls with them. 
and uh, they're playing with the calls, talking to us, what they like, what they don't like, what they would tweak, you know, and then they're they're actually calling, making noise, and they're like, oh, you see how that stuck a little bit right there? And I was like, yeah, I heard that, I heard that. Um, so we might need to make this change. Well, they're calling, and we're in the middle of this meadow. Next thing you know, it lights up three ways to Sunday on us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had three bulls bugling at us, mm-hmm. and – and I'll let you take it from there. So two of them were on this big steep mountain face, kind of like if we're if we're facing east. Uh, the first the first ones were um, on the same steep mountain face, like directly south of us. One of them was opposite. He'd have been to the, you know to the north of us, and I can't remember if the actual direction or not, but mm-hmm. you'll get the idea. Yeah. So two of them, one direction, one of another direction. And they're not super close, but they're not, like, really far away either. So it put me, like, instantly in a predicament, and which is where I, I get frustrated with myself because I have, I have a really bad habit of, no, like, of having a strong hunch that I need to do something, mm. but then questioning whether or not I have the time to do it. So To be fair, you even sold me. <laughs> to, so I'm looking, and I'm like – we don't need to be right here. Like where yeah. we are, like, cause granted we weren't trying to call an elk in where we were standing. Um, but the situation arose, like all of a sudden we have elk answers. What I think is at least for the two that were on that steep face, mm. I think they just happened to pop over. You know, I don't think they had been there all morning because no, they we had essentially hiked past the one that was on the other side up that drain. I don't know if he had been bedded in there or if he had just come through there. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I was like, this situation, this setup we're in, it, it sucks. It's yeah. so bad. And so I wrestled around with like, I know this isn't going to work, but if I move, I'm afraid I'm going to spook them. And come to, come to find out, I mean, who knows? I think we could have moved. I think if we would have just picked up our stuff immediately, jutted over, gotten back into the larger timber where we could move around, gotten into some shade because yeah. we, we didn't have much shade to work with there. Uh, essentially what happened, uh, the two that, the one of the two that were on the steep face, you saw one of those. Yeah, yeah, he was coming down. Um, n- never never made it down to the bottom. The, the one that was in the drainage uh, bugled like a second or third time, I don't know, and then yeah. all of a sudden we turn around, I hear Slade go, oh, no, and he's just standing there. In the middle of the meadow. Yeah. and Looking I, right at us. Yeah. And um, – Needless to say, that didn't play out. <laughs> he was a good bull. He was a good bull. Um, <laughs> and I that I was so mad. I was mad. I was mad at yeah, everything. I was mad were. at me. I was because I was like, we know better than yeah. to do that. That bull crap. Like that was that was yeah terrible. Everyone I, was pretty frustrated with that. And I'm like, we're trying to get Garrett a bull. Like we're but you know we're supposed to be helping him. And we it, I was very frustrated. Yeah, because it, that was just a completely flubbed opportunity. But you know what? You got to look at it. You know, and I told the guys this too because on <laughs> after we finished the walkout, <laughs> you know, after the silent walkout from there on out, mm-hmm. um, you know, I told them I was like, guys, I just saw something I didn't think I'd ever see. You know, mm-hmm. that situation where two were coming across, we had one coming down on me. Next thing you know, yeah, I mean, the other one came from behind us, and I look back, and I'm like, now I know what a bull, a mature bull looks yeah, it was, like. It was a good bull. Um, and just be able to see. And then he just stood there, and he was just 
spewing at us. Yeah. I he, mean, he could. He was standing there like one of those. It was like I can tell because we were far enough away. Like he was probably what one seventy, maybe one hundred seventy yards away. And and for those, if I had to guess, this is like obviously when I saw him, I was face. You know, I I didn't try to move because I didn't want to. You know, yeah. and I never put binoculars on him. But from one hundred seventy yards, I I guess he was probably like a 330 type bull i mean he was he was big good bull yeah you would know better than me and then that's just a guess yeah um but like one you immediately look at and go "Uh uh-huh yeah Yeah, i get uh, it now yeah uh but it was just i mean i hate to use the word majestic but (laughs) because that's such a weird word but it really is it's like those you know those old magazines you see where you know you got this bull in a meadow just you know, hollering, and he got that still frame photo of him. Yeah, it was like it was like that picturesque. I guess is a better word. I mean, he was standing there just you know bugling, and I was just like, "Wow." Yeah, I understand why this is a dream for so many people. Yeah, and I'm just I was just standing there. I was like, I am so blessed right now. Yeah, to be able to have this opportunity. Yeah, they they. I mean, they're they're a respect demanding animal yeah you know you just look at him you're like holy cow you know mm-hmm. and like i said too one like that i wish it hadn't been in that situation where the reason he was looking so intently is because we were far enough away and he was like what is that i mean he, yeah. could, he wasn't going to come any closer but he was far enough away that he was trying to figure out what was going on eventually obviously he left and then the slow walk out where everyone was frustrated but uh yeah. um lesson learned lesson learned yeah, lesson learned that we that some of us already knew and didn't need to learn again, but we did. <laughs> well, I learned that one for sure that day. Yeah. Um, that <clears throat> afternoon, we hunted the big drainage. Yeah. Um, Talk about a cool spot. So, we must preface this. We had plans to go elsewhere, yep. but the wind shifted again yep. and came in from the east. Yeah. And just hurt all of what we were planning, planning to, to do. Yeah. So, so, guys, like, I can't emphasize how much not even just on garrett's hunt like we fought the wind Mm. so much this trip yeah i mean it it would it would switch so many different directions in a single morning yeah you just didn't at one point you'd be like what do we do like it says that there's a predominant direction but it's not i mean it's just going everywhere what what it was i think is like we talked about the hailstorm. We had a couple more rainstorms move through. We just had these crazy weather systems moving through that mm-hmm. was just making the wind do some wonky things. Yeah, and it's because it, it wasn't like we were in bowls, right? Obviously, the wind's going to mm-hmm. swirl in bowls. Like, yeah. A lot of the time where we were hunting, what, that's not where we were going to be or do. It's just the wind just yeah. shifted completely. There was a morning or, or an afternoon, rather, I should say, that, that I was hunting. Uh, and Easton was from Raised Hunting was filming me, perhaps calling and we eventually left where we were and we're up on a top like we're mm-hmm. not in a bowl we're up on a top working this you know we're just and we were like we have to leave we're not going to kill all we're going to do is hurt like what we're trying to do because the wind switched so many times yeah and we're like we got to just get out of here because this is we're ne- like never going to kill anything yeah there's no way yeah you guys have learned that you know um, throughout the years so uh but anyhow the drainage Super cool spot. Had you been in there before? I've never. So, uh, from what I hear, you guys went late last year with David, with, David Holder, with Mr. David, and uh, 
and I didn't go in there with you guys, but now I know what you guys were talking about. Yeah. Talk about a hunt, man. Yeah. It's super cool. So, so I mean, like, if you were out there and you, I mean, you saw it, if you're looking out across the prairie, mm. you really don't see much. Like, yeah. you can kind of tell, like, we would keep referring to this drainage. You can kind of tell something's there. Mm. But it's wild. It's like a little hidden world down there. It really is. And, I mean, it just kept going deeper and deeper. And I was shocked with how much elk sign was in there. Yeah. But I guess it makes sense, right? I mean, if they're all out in the prairie, they want to get somewhere quick, you know, shade, you know, yeah. get out of the weather or anything. The grass was a lot greener down there. You, yep. got the, you got that creek running through it. It's just, it's like a little bitty oasis that if you don't, if you literally don't walk to it, you'd never know there was that much in there. Yeah. Because it's like, you look at it and you'd be like, what do you mean hunt the drain? There's like a ditch. Yeah. And then you walk out there and you walk to it. You're like, oh my God, there's like a, there's like a whole, it's hard to explain without, <laughs> without going there walking it, but it really is. It's like, you just, you walk there and you're like, I had no clue there's this much country down here. I mean, it's what, I mean, what, what do you think it is at the, at the widest? A couple hundred yards? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, but then on, on either sides, I mean, in places on either sides, I mean, it is just sheer rock. Yeah. Like straight up and down rock. And so if this paints the picture a little bit better last year, um, and then credit credit to David, because I, I until last year, I had never hunted that before. Mm. And he had looked at it on Onyx and was convinced he was hunting. He said, I want to try that spot. And again, me not being there, I was like, okay. But yeah. I'm like, we're going to walk there, look in this ditch and go... All right, let's go somewhere else. We walk there, and all of a sudden we get to where it drops off into the drainage. And mm. if this gives a scale on how big it is. Drops down into the drainage. I see this little, these trees running down into the bottom, and there is a bull and like eight cows, and he's pushing them around. Yeah. And we're two hundred yards from them, and I'm like, "There's a whole other world down here." Yeah. <laughs> that you can't see. Exactly. As you go, but so yeah, we go into that drain. Uh, we got on that one bull. We got on we got on one. Sound like an old dragon, man. I he mean, did. he was down. So you're in this big trench, but then there's even another ditch below it, and he was down in there, and we set up on him and uh, started calling. But, you know, he was bugling ass. You can tell he was bugling, you know, laying down. Yeah. He didn't want nothing to do with us, so he kind of just kind of got up. And But then we did call one, you know, from the prairie. From the prairie. <laughs> Came over that little ridge. And, I mean, when I say it was a straight drop-off, he stood right there at that drop-off and just looked. Yeah. And that was cool to see, too. It was super cool. And that, that was really kind of where the drain hunt began and ended was right there. Because yeah. one thing I did, we, we learned is they're either in there or they're not. Like when, yeah. we, when we were in there with David, they were there was all kinds of elk in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time we, we actually we ended, we worked a little bit further then we crossed the other side, climbed the rock face up, and we what we realized is all the elk were they were just out in the prairie. They weren't yeah. in the drain at the time. We're like, all right, let's bail and go somewhere else. And that was, I think that was kind of more or less the end of day too. Yeah, really yeah, did. it was. By the time we got back, you know, to where we were going, it was pretty late. So, mm-hmm. and the the wind, you know, that was kind of the according to you guys, really the only spot from where we were that we could hunt and not screw anything up. Yeah so yeah um day three let's see day three i don't remember i mean i I really i don't remember if you shot on day three or day four i shot on day four okay so we got a whole nother day yep day three we were in um 
I don't know if you want me to say it. Is that the, is that we the were volcano? We the volcano. Okay. All right, you're going to have to take – I'm serious. That We were out there two weeks, uh, and a yeah, lot of this runs together. So yeah, I mean, ever since you, you showed me how to color color code, I can't believe I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I color-coded all my all my hunts yeah. and then a couple others. Because I, I really don't remember. If you start talking about it, I'll probably remember. But I don't remember all what happened on day three. Other than um, I know we – So, we're so at we volcano. got on them, yeah. right? Because before that, where we were hunting um, – we were on them, but not on them, on them. And yeah. then we found the herds. Day three, we found the herds. That's right. But it was a it was a long day of. We had one rookie mistake number two, learning experience number two. Mm-hmm. We had that one. That's right. Come in. Yep, yep. And um, and you set me up. You didn't set me up. I get to choose my own spot, and this is how I learned that from that situation. Um. I set up, and they were calling to our left, and he was going to come in and go down this little path right in front of me. Um, So I set up by a tree. I had everywhere to shoot from right in front of me to my left. Mm -hmm. He came in. He walked right. He walked right, yeah. He walked right, and then perfectly broadside. I didn't even see him. You couldn't see him because of the branches. Branches right over my head. Mistake number two on that hunt. I should have saw those branches branches and got down. Should have um, knelt down. You uh, should have knelt down. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess that, that was another one where he, he apparently came up, looked, and was like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. And just got right out I of could there. Have, I could have – hindsight, I probably could have helped you a little bit more on that one too. Well, you know, it was just one of those things where you did tell me and, – and you were you were up front the whole trip. You were like, hey, if you need to move, move. Yeah. But it wasn't until that one where I was like – all right, you got to get this out of your mind where just because the callers are here, that's where that bull's going to go. Mm-hmm. You got to just get that out of your mind. When you're ranging for spots, you got to range everywhere around what, you. What I eventually started doing because I've made the same mistakes is I, the first thing I'll do is look and figure out my shooting lanes in where I think the elk is going to go. Mm-hmm. And after I get that locked in, I look at everywhere else. Yeah. Because I've more often than not, uh, especially more often than not, they'll kind of go the way that you think. More often than not, but they will throw you curveball. Yeah. And when they do, if you're not ready for it, you're like, what do What do I do? What do I? Where? Mm. Where? I don't even know. I haven't ran. You know, it's a whole thing. So, but yeah, yeah I get lesson learned. Yep, that was definitely a lesson learned. And you know what? We forgot about one big one. We forgot about uh, where I did draw back. Do you remember that hunt? You've been on so many hunts this year. I don't. When did you draw back? It was um, in, I forget, uh, Aspia. Aspia. We hunted that. They were coming down right at right at dusk. Yep. I forgot. I so, forgot about that. And that was, uh, that was my, yeah, that was another lesson learned uh, deal. So, uh, to be quite frank, we had two come in. Lake and I got out on this on this point of these trees, and I mean it was textbook. The first the first guy came in, and he skirted us. He was he was far off, and and yeah. he skirted us. You had no shot at that. Bull. Had no shot yeah. at that bull. Then another one started coming in, and I'm on the left of this tree, and he starts coming down this draw, and then he goes to our right, like he's going to skirt the wood line. Yeah. 
So he, he skirted, and I got back around the tree, and he was facing me. And then I needed him to take five more steps maybe, and he was in my, he was in my shooting lane. Because mm-hmm. where he was, I only saw that one side. He was behind the trees yeah. from where I was set up. Yeah. And then he turned again. <laughs> yeah. And that's where, so I'm at full draw at this point because mm-hmm. I learned about drawing, so yeah. I draw it early on this guy. Uh, so then I'm at full draw. Now I have to get back around the tree because he's going to start coming into the meadow. And that's where my stabilizer's getting hung up yeah. on everything. I'm leaning back. I, I hope that footage is out there because it's, it's pretty funny it to really, see. I remember I've, I've seen the footage because I had a second yeah. wide angle. Okay. It's not as – I remember you being like – you said something like that footage of me drawing back and trying to get my bow around is going to be pretty embarrassing or something <laughs> like that. It's honestly not that bad. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, I mean, you could tell that you're in a bit of a bind. But oh, it's, yeah. But it's not like you don't watch it and go look at this rookie. Like, yeah. it's, it's not that bad. Well, it's not even that. I just thought it was funny because at one point I was literally like leaned back, back, yeah, trying to get my stabilizer around this tree. Yeah. And then next thing you know, I had a bush at, at 53 um, with where we're at. First hunt, we all talked about it. Anything over 40, 45, like, hey, let's just let's just be careful here. Um, and then there's another one at, what was it, like 38, something like that, yeah. that other bush. And, uh, and I saw him more toward that 53 bush. So I had him at 50, 53. Uh, looking back at the footage, he was probably closer to 40. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> it was one of those things. But, but you and Brad were so great about that. You're like, listen, if you're not comfortable, don't shoot, man. Because the last thing we want to do is, is wound something. So uh, I don't regret it. A little bit of pee regrets that one. You Just a frust- little bit. I was frustrated after yeah, that. That hunt. was that was the first time I could tell that you had gotten frustrated. Yeah, um, yeah. But but, it, but that's what we were like, dude. If you're not comfortable, don't shoot. Yeah, but looking back, I I I am comfortable with that. It was yeah, just you just didn't know, just yeah. didn't know, and and it was just one of those things. Yeah. So, it, but I I had completely forgotten about that. Hunt. Yeah, that's the one where I told you I was like I. Because that was the same day as um, as the Pallone. That was we were coming back. Yeah, we yeah, were yeah, coming yeah. back. So that was day. That was day three. That was day three. Okay. That was the end of day three. Because so I know because they were all in the Pallone. They were all herded up, and yeah. we're like, we can't do anything with these. Let's try and go. So get yeah. Else. So where where we at? Where we hunt this area that we call you know that we're referring to as the Pallone, the volcano, all that. Uh, typically. Like just historically, because I said I've hunted that place for pretty much another that place for years, and so mm-hmm. we, we know it pretty well. We've just been over there a lot. Um, the Pallone Sand Lake, which kind of ties into the Pallone, but it's that's typically where oftentimes we'll run into just these large herds of elk. Yeah, which they are a lot of fun to hunt because you see a lot normally from a distance. You hear a lot, cows, bugles, because when they just, they seem to, when they get herded up like that, they're just more vocal with one another, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of bulls competing with one another. But they can also be, especially if they're not fully kicking rutting yet, it can be very frustrating to hunt. Yeah. And so the way with what the wind was doing, we got lucky and caught in that one bull early that morning that just happened to be kind of hanging on the outskirts. Yeah. And then after that, it was just like, you couldn't really do anything with them. They were too big. I mean, from what you guys they, were saying it was just a big herd, and I mean, you could try to. I mean, you could try to stalk something, but it was like we rookie don't need to be stalking. Well, the, the other <laughs> thing is, and as I'm, I'm just being honest, and like 
I'm just being honest. Like we knew we we still had like this was day three. They're not fully rutting yet. We yeah. had the rest of the however long the season was. I think we had at least like eleven more days if we needed them. Yeah. Like let's not push this. We just didn't want to push it. So yeah. So yeah. We 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 were like we'll wait for them to get going before we try to just blow yeah. into this herd. And you know? and you know it's why push it if yeah. that place has been so good in the past. You yeah. know there's no reason and when it comes to the public land you know we were talking about that a little bit um you know off camera and everything and i thought it was brought up was pretty cool it's like you know some of these public land i mean public land's great that's what mm -hmm. you know i hunt you know down here in mississippi I, yeah, I, so I, you I, hunt everywhere uh everyone hunts it. i think it's wonderful i mean but this place is is one amazing and and what i heard was i found very interesting it's it's somewhere where you see elk really truly beat elk mm -hmm. because they are that's all they know they don't yeah. they don't know you know orange vest coming in everywhere and, yeah. and getting all that pressure so it's like it, this, this it's is an interesting conversation isn't it th this is the way i i frame it up because and, and i don't i don't typically like it's not something i just throw around out there because it's like you hunt public land great i have yeah. public land too i do it every year yeah um I've hunted ever since I was a kid. However, when I was a kid, no one seemed to care if you were on public or private. It's a conversation now, you know? Yeah, yeah, But yeah. The, the thing is, to me, like like I was saying, is it's um, you hunt on a piece of private land like we're on. Mm -hmm. Take that volcano, for instance. This is like that that volcano area that we refer to as Pallone. That's one of my favorite places on this entire planet. Yeah. That place is, is an old volcano with some other mountains around it. There's no roads other than like a little two track that's just kind of been beaten down from, uh, you know, the the cattle farmer driving through there when they yep. they do run cattle there some, but that place that old volcano and the mountains around it has been like that. The only thing that's changed is through succession, you know, through mm. natural succession. There's there's been a herd of elk there since probably before any of us was alive before, however many years. Yeah, and so is it probably going to be easier to call in and kill an elk there than it is on public land yeah yeah i agree with that sure yep but you go hunt a place like that you're getting to hunt an elk in a place where they naturally have been for mm -hmm. years and doing what they naturally do and so my argument if someone presses me on this is it's like is killing a bull on public land harder yeah again yeah. probably yes why are they harder because they see a lot of people yeah they're harder because they see a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. The elk out here, they don't. They're doing what they naturally do. So my question is, what's the more wild animal? In the basis of what wild animal means? That's great. Sound you off know, in the comments. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love it. You I mean, yeah, it's such so, an interesting conversation, especially in today's politics, if you can yeah. say, or in the world in the in the hunting industry. Yeah. So it's like I'm not knocking the public land guys for a second. I, no. But it's like don't knock what we're doing either no after you this know? year i'm looking for all i can do for next year <laughs> i mean i'm yeah. i'm looking at it all <laughs> yeah I, I, it, it's just it, it's it's a very special place to be able to go yeah uh, yeah and i and i'm fully aware of that i think you are as well oh yeah listen it's just uh, unreal yeah unreal is just so, all you can say so day three down the plane with the huge herd yep Travel back that afternoon, try to catch some elk come out of the prairie, draw back, got close, didn't feel comfortable. Now you, I'm frustrated. You were frustrated. Yep. This leads us into day four. Day four. Another Garrett, take early the wheel. day. Garrett, take the wheel. Take the wheel. Mm -hmm. um, 
All right, so Lookout Canyon is what we call it, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we were going up in, and we were hunting the... We weren't hunting the canyon. We were hunting a ridge on one side of the canyon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think... I don't know what drove us there. Probably everything, wind, weather, just experience. One, haven't touched it yet, probably. Um, So we get up there and uh, get all the way pretty much to the top would you say yeah yeah and uh not lake slade probably let out on his big papa and next thing you know we hear one and wait a couple minutes because we're in a really nice spot really pretty spot great setup wait a couple minutes next thing you know he he hits it again and and he's closer yeah so now it's it's go time yeah it was uh it was a move to this one to find a place to set up yep absolutely so they drop back nice bulls coming in um there was one lane wearing some thick stuff one lane 30 yard shot max we needed him to come in and then there was another lane um that runs kind of catty corner away from us um so he comes in behind all the trees i'm drawn and next thing you know he comes in the opening and this is where i started feeling more confident because of the night before and the two days before that i moved you did while that elk was coming in yep because i knew all right, he's not going to come where I need him to be. He's going to be focused on those collars. I moved, so at least I had it shot at that trail yeah. running away from us. Uh, so he came in, and I didn't stop him. Actually, you stopped him mm-hmm. uh, just because he was coming in so fast. And when he stopped, he stopped about 20, 25 yards, but behind a bush. Yeah. And perfect broadside. And I'm like, I'm not taking that shot. The other thing behind, like the, the thing that's, I think, uh, important is not just a bush he was behind an oak brush oak brush and if yeah you're, if you're familiar with oak brush yeah you ain't getting an arrow through there fair <laughs> enough thank you for <laughs> referring to that yeah. yeah so where where we were uh is like you were saying it's thick stuff yeah it, personally like on on that whole place that like that kind of stuff that we we're hunting in is my favorite ah because i just see why it's absolute chaos yeah it's but it's fun it's it, risk reward. It's it's a high risk, high reward. And what I mean by that is, and this this elk particular case in point, is you get it. You you basically you essentially get to a spot where you're like, this is a, like this is the best opening that we have because yep. everything's so tight in there. And so an elk choosing to take the slightest different veer in his path to you can be the difference in you getting a shot or not. Yep. Because when that elk was coming in before you even had to move he was what like 27 yards from you but behind a wall of stuff yeah and again that's it's it's absolute chaos in that kind of stuff but Mm. you either you end up either top pin shot and it's intense it's awesome because you have this 1500 pound bull bugling right on top of you but then you're like he's just on the other side of that bush and i can't shoot him which is what happened then yeah yeah so he stopped and and i was like that i can't take that shot i'm not going to take that shot and then he kind of jogged off a little bit down that trail and he stopped again and he couldn't have been more than 40 yards and but he was quartering away hard mm-hmm. and i even whispered to you i was like you think i got that shot and you said you said this is on you brother or something like that well, like you got to make your choice because what what you're seeing and what i'm seeing 
aren't the same things. Yeah. We're 10, 15 feet apart at this time. That's why I said that. I was like, to yep. me, it looks like he's facing really hard away, but I don't know what you got. Yep. Like, I don't. And he was, and he was. So. And you didn't shoot. I didn't shoot. I let down, um, and and then you know you guys came in and and at that point after last night and the hunting's been hard, um, you know I I called Brad over and I was like, this is where he stopped first behind there. This is where he stopped second facing that way i didn't shoot and and you know you and him both were like thank you for not making that shot yeah i was like you were like if you would have made that shot we would have been here all day and that elk probably would have been wounded yeah at which you know it you was, don't want to it was that. pretty hard not to make that shot but yeah you know like you said we are on private land there is opportunity here mm-hmm. let's not make a bad shot let's do the right thing right uh it wasn't Ten minutes later. Yeah, we're still standing one. there talking about it. Yeah. Yep, another one's coming in, same same place. So we we get going again, and uh, and he comes in, and I get drawn, and he's seventy yards away, yeah. and he's he's one of those bulls where he came in looking. Yeah, he saw that opening that we were in. He was in that right little, that right little patch that we needed him to be in. But he got at the end of that thing and just looked at you and I. Yeah, and was like, he didn't see us. But he was like, I don't see no cats. He was looking here. where a cat, you know, yeah, he was, he was like, there where. ain't nothing here because I know that drops off right behind you yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, so he eventually goes away. And, uh, and then again, we're standing there talking, what, maybe 20 minutes after that? Mm-hmm. Just kind of, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? And I think Slade called is what happened yeah, with this yeah. one. I think he hit our bugle and. And next thing you know, another one's roaring below us. Below us. So what we were doing is why you know it sounds like you know three bulls coming through this one spot is you had heard us refer to sometimes we get up these mountains in the morning we catch them coming out of the prairie coming back up to bed, and we were kind of close to the top and these bulls are just filtering through yep. trying to find a way to go bed and we had you know so far we had we'd called one of them in the top pin range and the second one and then one bugles below us and we're like he's coming up and we're yeah. above him. Yep. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. This is good. <laughs> this is good stuff. Uh, yeah, so, but this time, so, it's a totally different direction, but the wind's still in our favor. Uh, so, they get on the other side of us. And now he's coming up where that first bull was walking down. This bull was going to have to come up mm-hmm. and go the opposite way through it. And that's exactly what he did. And I saw one side... I saw one side of him, and I was like, yep, I like him. I drew, or actually, he's. I see him running up, and all I'm seeing is the size of this, of this animal. <laughs> and I saw one side of his rack, and he cut into, the, into where that first bull came out just a little before it. And I was like, golly, he's going he's gonna to skirt us again on the other side of that, mm-hmm. that thick stuff. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to draw he comes back out and starts running back up that path again. And then he hits our opening. I stop him. And I pull back. And that arrow went. Yeah. And, I mean, I just – it was just – for whatever reason, I think it was all the encounters before, I felt calm. I was – it wasn't until after I released that arrow that that – adrenaline dumped on me (laughs) and when it dumped it dumped but i was i was expecting you know like my first couple i was shaky and everything like that 
But for whatever reason in that spot, and I don't know what it was, but I felt calm and I felt great about everything. And, you know, I stopped them and I just settled mm-hmm. and I and I pulled and released. And, and you made a perfect shot. And as Lake said, thumped them. Yeah, you, th- <laughs> you thumped them. <laughs> you turned around and looked at me. I said, I mean, you thumped him. I don't know what you're <laughs> yeah. looking at me for. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what this bull was is we, we've seen him in the prairie and this is an old old bruiser bull he had half a rack it broke um, off yeah. broke off one side half of half of the rack was broke off on one side the other side was even more broke off and it had you know I, we don't we don't know what it was but just kind of like cuts running up the inside of yeah they were like cracked they were cracked yeah. and everything and but just an old bruiser and i, I mean yeah. trophy man well what, what was odd about the antlers is it's it's like had we killed that bull seven days from when we killed him we'd be like oh he'd been fighting yeah but just the behavior that we had seen which i mean there's still a chance of that obviously especially like some every bull's got a different personality mm-hmm. like i said he we'd seen that bull he looked like he walked like an old bull yeah uh, and so he may have been fighting he just might have been an ornery old man for all we know yeah but it was just like we hadn't seen because a lot of different things happened that morning you know mm-hmm. you're talking about elk running in and all that stuff the every other bull that you've heard us describe prior to this morning the ones that have come in they kind of come in tentative they're yeah. looking and I'm, you remember even before you killed like after that first encounter brad walks up and brad's like can you feel the difference in this morning yeah like the way they're answering the intensity of the bugles how they're coming in they're yeah. focusing on the caller you know i mean it's it, it, it things had started to change and it started to pick up it was crazy overnight that's why you remember i told you that like yeah. cause, and because i had seen it it's like it's not like there's a slow build up it's just no. like kind of rut kind of rut pre-rut they're thinking about it boom yeah they're there and uh and, and yeah it, that that bull came in and um i got you i remember you asking me further down you're like can you see him and i was like i don't know if he's a shooter or not i don't see his legs yeah and i didn't see the broken antlers until like seconds before and then you know, i mean it was all just happening so quick it's like yeah. i'm just gonna film yeah and like, <laughs> yeah let, let him do what he wants to do and thump. <laughs> yeah well you know that you know that feeling um even with my antelope hunt earlier this year i killed on the first day yeah um you know that feeling you get where you know it's mature enough depend you know obviously legal laws you got to follow that but even if it's not you know the typical elk that are killed out there mm. you got that feeling where it's like yes yeah i want i want this one or oh, this dude. one is doing exactly how i want my hunt to portray you know that's the feeling i had and even even if you did tell me hey that's the broken one that's the broken one i w- probably wouldn't have heard it yeah yeah so i tried the first year i had a tag I tried to shoot a bull that was all he had were his fronts. He was broken <laughs> off at the. I mean, like you couldn't even. Yeah. Like he came in bugling and he had both of his beams were broken off. He just had fronts. I had no idea. Yeah. Troy told me no. Yeah. And Troy was filming. He told me no, and then like after I'm like, oh, he doesn't have. He didn't. He he has no antlers. Like yeah. <laughs> he just said so. I mean, like I get it, man. And it was. I mean, 
He came in bugling. He came mm. to the call. He was, I mean, he was old. I mean, he was 100% an old bull. You remember yeah. how worn down his teeth were? Oh, yeah. Like, he was old. Yeah. I could tell he was old. Um, like I said, I didn't know he was the broken one until after I shot. All I know is that in that situation, like you told me before, if you don't hear anything from me, you have a green light. Yeah. It's when you hear no. Yeah. You take your thumb off the release. I wasn't telling you no on that. No. No, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the, I didn't hear no. I stopped him. And it's like I just told you, it was just an epic, epic hunt. I mean, just so blessed to be able to do that. Yeah. Oh, man. Just yeah. Something I'm never going to forget. You made a perfect shot. I mean, it was right in the crease, upper third of the lung. I mean, yeah. perfect. I mean, I think you went 100 yards. And I think part of that is because he, he, like, he, he ran – First, he ran the direction he was already going, and then he like curved around and started running back downhill. Yeah, I yeah. think the downhillness of it, <laughs> yeah, helped his distance some yeah. because t- they typically don't even go that far. When you hit them kind of high lung like that, they t- yeah. they just. But I think the momentum. Well, that and he him. almost took out Brad and and did. Justin again. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that footage is pretty wild. Yeah. He ran right past him. Yeah, he almost took him out. Yeah, but just an epic hunt, man. I am so grateful for for everything. Yeah. What was and then it? the best part of that is mm-hmm. after we were done with mine, I got to be a caller. Yeah, and you liked that. Oh man, I love calling. No pressure, just no elk pressure, elk. but yeah. still, still some pressure. Like it's a game. <laughs> like you're going to war with these things. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm gonna get you to come past this guy. So tell, tell me, I'm gonna go back a little bit. Yeah. What was it like? Because I could tell. I mean, like it. I didn't say – when we found the bull, I didn't say a word to you. I was just yeah. following you with the camera. Because I, I, that's like – especially being your first elk, like I wanted you to fully have that moment. Mm-hmm. What was – I mean, you'd obviously you'd walked up to elk before. Mm. But what was that like? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, just emotional. Yeah. For me. I mean, elk has been just, I'm sure like most guys, bucket list probably top of the bucket list yeah um watched all the videos you know yeah read all about it and just it's emotional and the, yeah just being blessed enough to have that opportunity and then capitalize on it uh it's just words can't describe it mm. words can't describe it man just you know i think i you know walked up and Thank the Lord and you did. said a little prayer to my, my baby girl up there. Um, but, you know, besides that, just sheer joy and happiness and thankfulness for that animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, for the meat, obviously, but two, just the, just the rush. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the pursuit, the rush, man. It's, it's unreal. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I hope that everyone gets to to feel that way yeah it's at least once it's something else oh it's man. absolutely something else it is it is what did you think i think i've i've been from doing what i've you know doing what i did at primos for all those years and fortunately even though you know being with onyx and still getting to do some of it now yeah uh i've gotten to go with a lot of first-time hunters mm-hmm. um, a lot of first-time bow hunters for elk at least yeah um I think, and I'm not just blowing smoke. Like I could tell, I've I've been, I've been with guys that I'm talking on hunt number one of the elk trip that I'm like, 
they did not prepare. They yeah. can say whatever <laughs> they want. I can tell, you know. And mistakes can happen to people if, even if they do prepare, obviously, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna have, But, like, I can, you can just tell. You can tell by the way they're moving. You can tell by – you can watch them holding their bow. It's just – it's like you can tell, like, a level of comfort there. Uh, I can tell with guys when they're overly nervous, which, again, I get. I get the yeah, nerves. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. It's just some people can – some people, I, I don't know why, it's just some people handle it better than others. Mm. Uh, if you remember, after the first morning, after that first encounter that we talked about, mm. I told you, I said, I have high confidence in you. Yeah. Just, well, I, I could tell that you had practiced. I could tell it probably helped that you had, you know, seen some elk before. Yep. Um, Absolutely. But I, I was like, I, I, I'm I, not nervous. Because I'm telling you, I filmed some people that I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, a lot of that credit is you guys. And and always answering my questions. And I'm fortunate enough to work where I work and yeah. hear the stories. And, and it's all about taking that knowledge in and processing it. Mm-hmm. And putting their mistakes not you know learning from other people's mistakes and not just blowing by that stuff if that makes any sense no it does all right so uh, and yeah i'm not gonna lie i've visualized a couple hunts you know prior to going out there you know what i'm gonna do and stuff like that i still screwed up which is fine yeah but you know just watching videos and and listening to you guys and taking all that knowledge yeah it it's a big part of it and that's what helped I guess my nerves, yeah. like I said, yeah. And let's be honest, having you behind me, right, is also yeah. You're there for a job, you're filming, but having someone with experience, literally five feet away from you, if you have that opportunity, take that, yeah, because I, that's that's huge. Oh yeah, I mean that's where I mean the only reason I know anything is is for one, it's like nothing nothing beats experience, right? Yeah. And so I've I've gotten to do it a lot and then the people that have taught me how to do this are Brad, Will, yeah. Slade. I mean, you know I mean Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean exactly. Not, I don't know anything that they didn't teach me. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 uh obviously I'm very thankful for that. And I'm not I mean we still screw up, you know, even though we, I mean, I'm, I'm, you're I'm, not bow hunting if you don't. Yeah. I mean, heck, I'm, I missed one this year when I had my chance, you know, yeah. it's just bummer. It well, happened. I wasn't going to bring that up. It's, I mean, it happens. Yeah. Like, it I'm, does. Not, I'm not happy that it happened. A bull, uh, it's a whole nother story, but the bull came in quick. I didn't, obviously, I didn't check my shooting lanes enough. And that little limb, uh, when I shot my limb, my fletching hit this small limb and kicked the arrow up and, over it went. went. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so I mean, like, I'm. Yeah. St- trust me, I'm still very capable of screwing <laughs> up. So yeah. is so is Brad. So is everyone. You say <laughs> so is everyone. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's it's a like elk hunting is a is such a rewarding thing to do, especially when you get. I mean, just getting to spend time where those elk live, getting to see them yeah. when they're rutting. Getting the privilege, and I count it a privilege to be able to watch them yep. doing what they naturally do. It's just, it, it, I I know now why it's so revered. Mm-hmm. I know now. Last year I knew why it was revered. I know now why it's why it's on that pedestal. Yeah, I mean, it deserves to be there. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, yeah. look, one of the one of the two real game that you can still call. You know, that's generally how you how you bring them in if you're mm-hmm. archery hunting right yeah um 
you know, turkeys, obviously, and then, then elk is one of the last few that you can still do that with. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Thank you so much for everything you did for me out there. No, man. It's I, I'm I. If there's anyone that deserved to have the opportunity, you deserve to try. Oh, you're making me blush now. There you're you go. you're making me blush. <laughs> Good thing this isn't a video podcast. It'd be all red in the <laughs> cheeks, boy. All right. Well, I think we did this one justice. I didn't want it to be a short episode. I think no. we covered this one well. Yeah. Um, Hopefully they stuck around with us. I hope so. This yeah. may be, I mean, this one might be, this one's going to be, uh, unless you're on a long drive, this is going to be a couple drives to work <laughs> to, to cover all of it, but that's all right. I, yeah. You know, I don't like to leave any stone unturned. Um, yeah, I think we'll wrap this one up. Um, Garrett, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. And, and again, thank you for everything you did out there for me. Um, trip of a lifetime. Glad I got to share it with everyone, the ups and the downs. Um, everything's it's all part of it so yeah, yeah thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk here today with you absolutely man we'll uh we'll have to do it again and guys as always uh hope you enjoy the conversation as much as i did i uh, hope you enjoyed the story obviously if you have any questions feel free to um dm or hit up the primos page or my personal page we'll see y'all back here next time thank you as always for listening to the speak the language podcast